Huck Finn's Dark Night of the Soul. Chapter 31 illustrates the upside-down world of morality in the antebellum South and the center of Huck's Moral Crossroads by Walter Bowne, published in Books Are Our Superpowers. Hello, everyone. Walter Down with Bowne here, writing about the pivotal moment in Mark Twain's The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. While it was published in the United States in 1885, the novel takes place before the American Civil War called The Antebellum. The satirical masterpiece is a Bildungsroman, a German term that means a novel of formation or a novel of education. The author takes a character, like Huck Finn, generally young, and the reader follows the development of the character throughout the novel, often into maturity. This type of novel is quite popular. The History of Tom Jones by Henry Fielding, A Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man by James Joyce, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith, David Copperfield by Charles Dickens, The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, and Never Let Me Go by Kazoo Ishiguro are a few examples of the genre. In a Bildungsroman, the author often creates a spiritual crisis leading to a spiritual awakening. In Twain's adventure novel, a scathing satire on many topics, including racism and religion and mob mentality, Huckleberry Finn wrestles with his 13-year-old conscience on the raft at night in the middle of the Mississippi River, ironically moving south with the runaway slave Jim, who was both friend and father figure to basically fatherless Huck. In pivotal chapter 31, Huck's debating whether he should turn Jim over to the authorities as a runaway slave. It was a crime to help and abet a runaway slave. Even in the North, with the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850, it was illegal to assist a slave to freedom. Once captured, the slave would be returned to their owner as property. According to the warped view of Southern Christianity and to the law of the land, Huck firmly believes he will go to hell for breaking not only man's law, but God's law. It's ironic, of course, and key to Twain's point. A roughneck, an uneducated boy of 13, uncivilized and uncouth, has more faith in kindness and Christian values than those all around him in the civilized South. Should he do what society deems is right, or should he follow his conscience? Such questions must arise in many periods of history. Should Polish Catholics have helped more Jews escape the extermination camps, even though such an action would have led to their own death? Poland did not help the Jews nearly as much as the Danes. I wonder why. Should Catholic Mexicans help children from Central America escape death and gangs and hunger and protect them from the gangs and authorities? Likewise, the state of Chiapas in Mexico was brutal toward Central American immigrants crossing its borders while just north in Veracruz, the Mexican population and many priests helped the refugees. I wonder why. If curious, read Enrique's Journey by Sonia Nazero, a national bestseller. She also won the Pulitzer Prize for her reporting on the immigration crisis. Back to Huck Finn. In chapter 31, Twain recreates that dark night of the soul. It's a famous poem by St. John of the Cross, a Christian mystic. He was baptized as Jean 
Philippe de Alvarez and was born on June 24th, 1542 in Avila, a province in central western Spain. The poem begins on a dark night, kindled in love with yearnings. Oh, happy chance, I went forth without being observed, my house being now at rest. We see Huck here on such a night, going forth, kindled in his love of Jim, incriminating himself for playing tricks on him, but still going forth with him, his house, his raft, at rest, the night more lovely than the dawn. Huck thinks about Sunday school, where helping the people that acts as I'd been acting like that N-word goes to everlasting fire. What a wonderful thought, right? What a great thing to teach children. Huck tries to pray to God for help, but he feels like a hypocrite. Why would God listen to a kid who was doing wrong? With the thought of hell, Huck pens a letter to turn on Jim to save his everlasting soul from damnation. He writes in chapter 31, Miss Watson, your runaway N-word, Jim is down here, two miles below Pikesville, and Mr. Phelps has got him, and he will give him up for a reward if you send Huck Finn. He hopes such a letter will help with his prayer. It felt good, all washed and clean of sin for the first time I'd ever felt so in my life, and I knowed I could pray, but I didn't do it straight off, but laid the paper down and sat there thinking, thinking how good it is all that this so happened, and how near I come to being lost and going to hell. So here is this kid who can actually think clearly and ethically away from the corrupting influences of society, open to the elements and to God with this serious ethical dilemma, this moral crisis. Right after this, he begins to question his cleansing, especially when the metaphorical fog rolls over the river. Why should he turn Jim over? He muses and went on thinking and got to thinking overall trip down the river and I see Jim before me all the time, in the day and in the nighttime, sometimes moonlight, sometimes storms, and we go floating along, talking and singing and laughing. Is Twain implying that it takes separation from society to know the truth? Uh, yes. To act like Christians, moral people, to see Jim or any person as a human and not as a slave or property or less than. In probably the most essential moment in the novel, Huck has a total change of heart, feeling the emotion, the pathos, and feeling empathy for poor Jim. Who else did Jim have? Who else did Huck have? All while, after all, poor white trash had to impossibly compete against free labor. And just how does one feel about that? Talk about displaced anger. Why hate the slaves? Why not the plantation owners, the owners of capital? the keepers of the castle and the lords and the knights of the plantations. Cue Gone with the Wind and revisionist cleansing of the evils of history and slavery. Huck said I was the best friend old Jim ever had in the world and the only one he's got now. And then I happened to look around and see that paper. It was a close place. I took it up and held it in my hand. It was a trembling because I got to decide forever betwixt two things, and I knowed it. I studied a minute, sort of hold my breath, and then I says to myself, all right then, I'll go to hell. And I tore it up. He tears up the note. Twain gives the no 
the all caps emphasis Huck feels. Huck rebels against the falsehoods and lies of society in a similar vein that John Proctor tears up his false confession about being a witch to save his life but may lose his soul in Miller's The Crucible. Huck ironically declares such words were awful and its thoughts were awful, but he would take up wickedness again on behalf of Jim out of common decency and friendship. Huck says that even if Jim does get captured, he'd free him because he may go whole hog <laughs> out of the mouth of babes, right? Is this the way to break down racism? Sep separate the toxic environments and families and communities and sail down a river together, just talking and saving each other's butt. Maybe. But Huck is still forming. He's still developing. This, experiences, this experience teaches him a lesson, and the reader, if open to change, one that a hardened adult in matters of race or religion or sex or politics could not change as easily. After all, one has to be properly taught to hate, if you know that song from South Pacific. At the end of the dark night of the soul, St. John of the Cross declares, I remained lost in oblivion. My face I reclined on the beloved and ceased and I abandoned myself, leaving my cares forgotten among the lilies. Of course, in the poem, the beloved is God. But in chapter 31, we see the beloved as Jim, or even humanity. It was not about Huck anymore, caring for himself. He, like St. John, surrenders and abandons himself to a higher good, a higher power, the lover transformed in the beloved. What a wonderful line, right? And God Almighty, I wish there were more hook fins around today to show us the way. Thanks for stopping by now, I reckon. Take care, everyone.